Amen. Amen. So I abbreviated this message down to a little devotional that you can all take home and go do yourselves this week, which is really the better way. You know, you can go do your own research and have your own revelation. That's great. And um, so uh, I also got it down to this little piece of paper that I'm holding in my hand. And I'm not going to use a handy dandy stand because we've learned our lesson from last year that it all blew away. And then Adam was just like preaching without notes, which is a really good thing because it's in his heart. But it can also not be a great thing because he can go all over the place. Right. So. I got it down on a little piece of paper here, and I am going to um, to look at it sometimes, and maybe even read from it sometimes, because I totally changed this message so that we won't be so cold. And if the wind does really pick up and it blows right out of my hand, then we'll just be done and say amen and have communion and go for it, right? Because Jesus is alive, and what more can we say on Easter? Um, So as I've been reading the accounts of Jesus' suffering, his death, and his resurrection, I was really struck by how Jesus showed up as a resurrected man. He did not come and arrive in all of his glory to people, right? He was glorious, but he kind of sneakily walked up next to people and he asked them questions. Every time of every resurrection account that we have, Jesus asks questions, and most of the time he led with a question. Here are some of the questions that I've been meditating on. Why are you crying? Who are you looking for? What are you talking about? Why are you afraid? Why do you have doubts? Have you caught anything? Do you love me? Do you love me? I'm so fascinated by the research that's been done around the science, it is a science, of asking good questions. We could be better disciples of Jesus and emulate our beautiful resurrected king if we all learned this skill, right? How to ask a good question. I had to just put a little bit of science research into this message. I'm kind of known for that when I teach. So I'm going to quote a Harvard study done around the science of asking questions. This is from 2018 if you want to go search the Harvard Business School website. They found that the simple act of asking questions is one of the most important aspects of a trusted relationship. Higher emotional intelligence and learning. There is a mutual vulnerability that happens when you ask a question. Asking a question of another person releases control of the outcome of the answer. And it uncovers not only a level of authenticity in how you reveal yourself to each other, but also how you arrive at an idea, an answer, and insights that neither of you would have likely arrived at on your own. We actually learn vulnerability, build trust, come up with new ideas, find new answers when we are willing to ask a good question. 
I'll give you just one quick little example of a great way to decide if your question is a good question to ask or not. Usually a good question is either a flashlight or a mirror. A flashlight because it reveals something of the person who's answering that they hadn't seen in themselves before, right? It uncovers something that was hidden in the dark places. So a flashlight or a mirror, it actually reflects to them and brings clarity to what they already knew what they already knew about themselves, their own identity. It brings clarity to that place. So a flashlight or a mirror, those are the two ways to remember how to ask a good question. So we're going to consider these questions of Jesus again for just a minute. And we're going to ask ourselves, what does it tell us about Jesus? What does it tell us about the disciple? And maybe even what would it tell us about us if he asked us the same question? And then I want you to notice how Every time, the question he asks leads us into a beautiful gift of the resurrection. Sometimes multiple gifts from this resurrection, but Jesus always leads us with his questions into the gifts that he offers us with his resurrection. John 20, verse 15. Man, the wind's starting to blow. Maybe my paper's done. All right. John 20, verse 15. Why are you crying Who are you looking for? Jesus waits in a garden for a grieving woman to come. He asks her this question and then gently leads her from her sorrow and crying into the gift of the joy of resurrection. And then Mary becomes the first bearer of the gospel of the good news of Jesus' resurrection. Luke 24:17 What are you talking about as you walk along the road? Jesus walks next to two friends on a very dusty road. And he comes asking questions, then telling stories, which is the other beautiful thing about Jesus, questions and stories, then tells stories and leads them out of the place of despondency, despair, and hopelessness into the gift of resurrection, which is hope. Luke 24:38. Why are you afraid? Why do you have doubts? Jesus unassumingly shows up behind locked doors or walks through a wall. And these disciples who are cowering in fear behind locked doors, all of a sudden, because of his good question asking, are brought into the place of the gift of resurrection, which is courageous testimony of the good news of who Jesus is. John 21, verse 5. Friends, have you caught anything? Jesus walks along the shore of the lake and yells across the waters to some bedraggled men in a fishing boat. They've been out there all night fishing. They are disappointed. They've given up. Their big dreams of success following the victorious king are smashed to the ground. And what do they go do? They go back and fish. It's the thing they always knew how to do. And then they're really bad at it. Right? 
I mean, is that not just like the true account of a lot of our lives? We're going to do big things for Jesus, and then we go do them, and we're like, oh my gosh, that was not such a big thing. Um, But Jesus comes in that place and gives them the gift of resurrection. He calls them, have you caught anything? And then through these questions, he leads them to the place of reminding them that the kingdom comes through simple obedience. If we do what he says, that's success. And then he goes ahead and has them pull in so many fish, right? But that isn't always the case. Sometimes you just come in from the shore and have a good cooked meal with Jesus, right? But they got a lot of fish to eat too. And then we come to this question. Do you love me? This is in John 21:16. This shame-filled, downcast friend of Jesus who has denied him many times gets a good home-cooked meal on a campfire. I kind of wish Jesus would come make little campfires for us here this morning. He sits him around a campfire. He feeds him. And then he asks him the question which brings the restorative power of the gospel to him. It's a simple question asked three times. Do you love me? The beauty of this last question is in the, in the vulnerability that it shows to us of who Jesus is. Because it echoes the question that God has asked us since the beginning of humankind. Do you love me? Love is a choice. And Jesus asking this question opens himself up to rejection from Peter again. The resurrected king is vulnerable. He comes and asks the really hard question. And he gives Peter the opportunity to say out loud for the three times he denied the truth of what's actually inside of his heart, that he loves Jesus. And it also shows all of us that love and resurrection life is our choice. This king, who is all-powerful and now has all authority, does not pressure us into his resurrection. He does not push us into the kingdom. He simply and vulnerably invites us and opens himself up for rejection. Let's close our eyes and sit quietly for just a moment and ask Jesus, what question are you asking me today as the resurrected king? It may be one of these questions he asked the disciples. Why are you crying? Who are you looking for? What are you talking about? Why are you afraid? Why do you have doubts? Have you caught anything? Do you love me? Or it may be something very specific to you today. As you sit with your eyes closed for just a minute, see his beautiful face with a smile on it. What is he asking you?
like to encourage you to hold on to that question and take time this week to actually reflect about that question. Bring it to the Lord. Have him bring you to a greater understanding of who he is, of who you are, and of where he's leading you to in resurrection life. We're going to do something, an ancient practice that reminds us that we're the body of this beautiful risen king. So we're going to take communion together in just a minute. We're going to actually turn into groups of about five or six and just send one person from your group over to the tables over there. There's a little basket with communion supplies. And as we take communion, I'd love for us to just go around and share your one question the question the Lord asked you. You don't have to elaborate on it or explain why that question is there. Just say the question out loud. It helps us remember what it is so we can think about it and ponder it with Jesus this week. Um, does, that, does that sound okay? It's not too vulnerable. Maybe you'll uh, have some vulnerability and trust build between you guys as you take communion. So we're just going to turn uh, in groups of five or six, get together and we're going to take, to take communion together. And then um, we'll give like about six, seven minutes for this. But you get to move around and get warm. And then we're going to come back just sing one chorus and we'll be done.